Welcome to the Rogue Auteurs Podcast. My name is Chad Durham. My name is Jake Hampton. Eric Wood. And we have two awesome uh, guests returning to the podcast today. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves real quick? Uh, I'm Marcus Marinos. I'm Channing. Yes, Marcus was with us on our favorite cinematography podcast, and Channing was with us on the roundtable we did about Almost Famous. And she's returning today when we do another roundtable about Sean Baker's indie masterpiece. Should I already be throwing out masterpiece? Let's I think so. Let's throw it out there. <laughs> Do it now. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Baker's indie masterpiece, The Florida Project. Um, and so I'm going to run through just a couple quick things, um, kind of generally giving some background on The Florida Project, and then we're going to kind of delve into like what makes it special to us or what stuck out to us, some of the good performances, and anything else that we want to touch on related to The Florida Project, um, which came out in 2017. Um, and the director, Sean Baker, is incredibly indie. Um, you can find, like on IMDb, a lot of the movies that he's made, but very few of them have actually really hit any sort of mainstream status at all. He had a movie in 2000 called Four Letter Words, a movie in 2004 called Takeout, which he directed with a Chinese director. They co-directed and co-wrote it. That movie made $69,000 at the box office. He had a movie in 2008 called Prince of Broadway, which made 20000 Starlet in 2012, which made 88000 Tangerine in 2015, which was kind of his first real mainstream recognition, um, didn't like get a lot of awards that you know the regular person would know about, but got him a lot of buzz. Uh, made on iPhones, yeah. um, and about a, a transgender woman, right? Yeah, two transgender women. Two transgender women. So also about something that was an important topic to tackle. That made seven hundred and two thousand dollars and then the florida project in 2017 which made almost six million got an oscar nomination for willem dafoe and i'll talk about later got robbed of any <laughs> any, no, uh, any number of other nominations of all other categories, of all other categories. Yes. but uh, jake had a an anecdote a really really good anecdote about tangerine that fascinating he, that he wanted to share uh, just that i was in a film class at uvu and uh i think I don't know, I'm pretty sure it was before Tangerine was available on like streaming. I don't know if it had been in any theaters or what, but uh, we, wa we got to watch it uh, for a film class I was in, and immediately following the movie, we did a Skype Q&A with Sean Baker, so... Oh, that's wow. so That is sick. cool. Yeah, yeah it that's was cool. cool. He called that anecdote lame before we started, I and mean, I'll have like, you know that it is very not lame. <laughs> words break it down, I was once in a room that Sean Baker was Skyped on, because <laughs> good of an anecdote, but... Anyway, I may have even asked a question I can't remember anymore because I didn't know that he would go on to be the Florida Project director. <laughs> yeah. But I love Tangerine as well. So anyway, That's really that's cool. Do you remember much of, of, I mean, I know the answer might be no, and then, uh, you know, I, this is a lame question. No. But I don't remember anything about it. Do you remember it. anything about it? Yeah, that's I remember what loving the movie. There was a Skype thing after, <laughs> and he gave some interesting, like, technical details about filming cool. iPhones and stuff. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Which he did in Florida yeah, right. We'll get to iPhones and uh, Florida Project. Yeah, it was interesting because there were a lot of, if you read just some critics' reviews or, or takes or even just when it came out, them talking about the movie, they talked about how he, since he did have access to better equipment in the Florida Project, um, that you really see an, an upping of his aesthetic. Like, still the same aesthetic, but like with more of a sheen, with more of a Hollywood style, yeah. you know. Hollywood style, I guess. 
Um, yeah, so it, it, it was pretty well loved. I already used the word masterpiece. If you go to Rotten Tomatoes, 96% on Rotten Tomatoes, so very few people don't like it. And that's from a fair amount of reviews because it did get a lot of buzz. A 92 score on Metacritic, which is basically universal acclaim and some. That's very, I mean, very we've high. Yeah, we've talked about some, even Quaron's movies, a lot of them weren't quite that high. Um, and then Metacritic ranked at number seven on their list of 2017. And then they had critics lists where they kind of did the aggregate thing and it was number four. Um, it got one Golden Globe nomination. AFI did call it the movie of the year, which is pretty cool. Oh, good. Oh, cool. Um, but you can find, I, I even linked on our agenda a little article that was talking about how it got robbed of like tons of nominations. I remember yes. that he was on some people's short lists, Sean Baker, for best director um, of that year. And I actually went into the nominations believing he was going to get the fifth slot. I really did. He did not, obviously, because only Willem Dafoe got nominated, but... Um, and, and you know what, Willem, excuse me, and Sam Rockwell, I wanted to make sure to say this even though it's early on. <laughs> Sam Rockwell is great, and I love Sam Rockwell. Yeah, like, I do. I'm so Absolutely. glad he has an Oscar. I really am. Yeah. With nothing but love for Sam Rockwell, but man, Willem Dafoe was so mm. good that it hurt me when he lost, even though I didn't want it to. Um, so you're saying, are you saying you want... Willem over Rockwell. I did. I for the record. This year, I here. this year I did. This year I did. Um, anyway, bold, um, does bold. somebody want to? Uh, as in so much as there is a synopsis of the Florida Project, does anybody want to help me stop talking and jump in <laughs> give us a, a brief breakdown of the plot before we we jump into like what we like about it and stuff? Well, one of my favorite things about the Florida Project is you don't necessarily realize what the plot is until you've seen it all i mean it's just kind of it might seem meandering on your first viewing which which i like but uh, i like how when you have the entire picture you can see where it was on a trajectory for the entire time so anyway plot is i guess kids uh and adults uh struggling in this kind of weird form of poverty in motels uh near the disney parks in florida but not not near enough to be in any kind of super uh, officially nice or, you know, uh, Disney-approved area. So <laughs> Definitely not. I don't know how to summarize it more than that for someone yeah. who hasn't seen the movie. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. They, uh, they even have somebody show up thinking they're in a more upscale hotel going to yeah. Disneyland. For that's, their, one, that's a great scene. It's so <laughs> good. <laughs> going to Disneyland for their uh, honeymoon, in, mm -hmm. in fact, not realizing they ended up in... A pretty in relative squalor, you know. Magic Castle instead of the Magic yeah. Kingdom. <laughs> yeah, and it features a lot of unknown. Excuse me, a lot of non-professional actors and actresses. The kids mostly. Um, the 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 main adult character. Well, besides Willem Dafoe, the mom of like our main kid character. Uh, he found on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. is that he had, like that... kind of used her as the hey, this is what kind of what I want it to feel like and then you realize why don't I just ask her is that basically like I, I was aware of that but my thought is is that part of his indie roots like I'm more comfortable working with these Probably talents so. versus pulling somebody in a Defoe or you know yeah well I, especially in a movie like this where it's really important that it feels very yeah. authentic yeah uh -huh. I think I it adds to it based just on it's only two movies but in Tangerine none of the cast were had been actors before. I don't think so. I would argue with it's a lot of his work. I mean, I've never seen any of them out in the yeah. research on them, but 
Nobody yeah. really knows him. So. Yeah, yeah, given yeah. we haven't heard of his other movies, <laughs> they probably don't star, you uh, know, Meryl Streep. So Willem so. Dafoe, Willem Dafoe is the one guy he's yeah. worked with. Yeah. Which I know. He gets a lot out of Dafoe. Oh, my like, God. Mm. Dafoe. I, I most read, of my notes is on Dafoe. And I read <laughs> multiple articles, and I don't want to be bombastic, but three or four of the eight I looked at or whatever that said his best work. Like, people unequivocally said Willem Dafoe's best work. Now, does everyone agree on that? No. Would Willem Dafoe be like, wait a minute, I've been doing WordPress? I ain't no mate. <laughs> but it, a lot of people felt like it but pulled one of the, the best. The interviews that I saw with Dafoe, too, he spoke very highly of Sean Baker, of the whole production. Like, they were all, you can see the camaraderie in the production yeah. and, you know, what they create. I mean, it feels so confident. Yeah. And which I... Almost which overconfident, is, because I, I thought it would hit more than it did oh, Oscar yeah. season. It should. Well, I think the the only reason that this movie, I guess, has kind of gone mainstream and that people know about it, I think it's because of Willem Dafoe. Mm-hmm. If he wasn't in the movie, I don't think, you know, as many people would have heard about this or known about it. I don't think it would have gotten any nominations, well, which is not, right? which is super lame. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I think, like, credit to Willem Dafoe for, I think, bringing this and to Sean Baker for casting him. Mm-hmm. To bring this like movie into the public eye a little more because yeah. I I probably wouldn't have seen it if, yeah. if I hadn't known about it. Like I think I would have seen the trailer and been like, that is very aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. But not watched it. Yeah. Cinematography Which, looks great. Shots oh, yeah. look great. I yeah. thought Alexa Zabe should have been nominated for yeah. cinematography. That's how good I think it is. So 100 percent. And it's like one of the I mean like it's showy without feeling. Show. I don't know if that even makes sense. Yeah. But so many times I was like, what a shot! But like the shot itself feels very. Um, like yeah, let's just set up here. It seems like this. Is yeah, a lot of times it's due to like the landscape and the yeah. setting of where they're shooting, which is perfect yeah. for the movie. For sure. So yeah, I mean, I guess the one thing that I'll mention about the plot that I never picked up on, and I'm sure you guys did, and I'm not being sarcastic. Just reading, they were talking about how a lot of the adventures, Mooney, that's the little girl, um, Mooney goes on with her friends, are meant to evoke places in Disneyland. Oh, I haven't picked up on that. Sean really? Baker said it. I, this was I, my third I read that today. That. Yeah. yeah. And I, it was I, Sean Baker who said it, right? And the one I saw, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Sean mm-hmm. Baker himself. I also didn't I catch that. And I, I'm feeling like I'm trying, like, I feel a memory coming on of, like, <laughs> seeing that. And today, watching the movie, I just watched it again today. Yes. I absolutely did. <laughs> I do remember thinking, I wonder if that's a parallel to Disneyland, but I can't remember what it was. Do you ha- remember any examples? Well, there's, they go and see the cows. The Jungle she's Cruise. Like, and she's like, this oh, is a okay. safari. A safari, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they said the Haunted Mansion in the article that I read for when they yeah. go to, like, the house. Yeah, that's just drove them up. The I, and I oh. never put that together, and I thought, I thought, you know, I don't think you need it for it to work or anything, but no. I was like, oh, that's nice, a yes, little parallel. And I think, um, well, this says more about the hotel than the movie, I think, but the their, like, neighbor hotel is called Future World, which I think is very intentional. It's supposed to yeah, be yeah. Tomorrowland, right? Uh-huh. But I think that's what it was. I was just like, oh, that's a nice little, like, because it doesn't draw attention to it, which is what I noticed, which, is, like, they don't have... Uh, anyone pointed out, or they don't linger on the sign. It's just, it is Future World, and I like that we have all these kind of, like, Almost Disney things. Off-brand. Yeah, trademark. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. And they shoot, they shot at Disneyland on the slide too, just like that old horror movie from So Ever Many. I wrote it down. Uh, Escape from Tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Which they shot also. I know, I've never watched it either. Did you, have you seen it? I've never seen it. I hear it's, I hear it's okay, yeah. uh, but for me, like the story of how that's made is just more interesting. Like how than what they actually made. The guerrilla filmmaking of going into Disney World and filming an entire movie. Yeah. Crazy. yeah, yeah, yeah. And this they did for just 
some final scenes. And they with, I mean, with an iPhone. Yeah. Oh, oh man, that last scene. We'll talk about that later. Okay, so um, what I want, I just wanted everyone to be able to talk. I actually think maybe we'll start with Eric. Eric may leave us before we're all the way done, so I want to make sure we get <laughs> we get most of his thoughts. But like, basically, you know, kind of how did it come to your radar or onto your radar, and then what like resonates or endures for you about floor crush you can i mean free ranging here you can say what you want some people can jump in okay i'll give you the the i tried to watch it this last time i've seen i think this is my third time watching and i finished it just before we started um strengths i felt like just the idea the concept the sean baker taking this almost slummy area near something that's beloved by most and showing that there's a different side of it i thought that concept is just really fascinating and the way he uses um a perspective a little more unique where it's where it's kids vision like you're seeing a lot of perspective from behind these children and a lot of those powerful shots at least some of the ones that stood out to me you've got perspective right behind those kids seeing whatever they're seeing um willem dafoe was incredible that's you know one of my singing his praises um I still think I'd vote for Rockwell, but Willem Dafoe is <laughs> Agree with <you. laughs> And then Sean Baker. I want to see what Sean Baker does because um, he's a talent. I mean, his, I his story writing, his storytelling, and just everything that he put together, getting the most out of Dafoe. I'd like him to work with some other, maybe a little more mainstream, but I think some of his... Uh, skill is in just what he gets out of his little his niche. Yeah. And where, where, how did it come on your, did you just, because of the Oscars and stuff, or like... Yeah, I think I think we, when was this, is it two years ago? Yeah. I think we just, I think you got it on my radar somehow, and then I think That's I tracked... That's why I asked, I'm I, just Yeah, <laughs> and then I tracked it down at some little theater, I think. I don't think we saw it the other day. No, I don't think so. Yeah. I didn't, no, no, you saw it before me, I think. I think I... Because I didn't end up seeing it in the theaters. Yeah. I ended up seeing it way later, just, you know to make sure to get it in for get it in for the Oscars. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Marcus, what about you? What do you want to add? Anything personal how it came, you know, whatever you want to say about how it hits you, strikes you, resonates with you. Yeah, um I I I probably found this movie through the Oscars, uh just seeing like Willem Dafoe was in it. Um uh this is a movie that I've grown to love over multiple watches. Uh the first time I watched it, um I enjoyed it, um, but it kind of gave me this sense of, like, eerie dread throughout the movie, because, you know, these kids are... It's, it's, it's a genuinely, like, funny movie, and it's unique, and it's heartwarming a lot of the times, but there's some scary scenes where these kids are in dangerous situations, and they're unsupervised. And so, and there's kind of not really a plot to the movie, so you're like, where is this going? What is going to happen? Um, that's the feeling I had, like, this feeling of dread, like, something terrible is going to happen. Um, and watching it, um, you know, subsequent times, uh, I've just really grown to love the movie and kind of love what it's about, how it's this kind of enchanting movie um, with, like, some really important themes involved. Um, and some wonderful first-time actors uh, that I think make the movie. If, if professional actors were cast uh, in, you know, these roles, I think it would have felt a little hollow. Uh, but since 
you know, it adds to like the realism of the movie and almost like the documentary esque feeling. Yeah. Um, it makes it so much better. So I, yeah. I am a huge fan of this movie. I would definitely say it's it's one of my favorites of, yeah. of all time. Bringing up that the the kids mm-hmm. said like it would feel hollow and stuff. I found myself on this most recent viewing wondering like what what direction did Sean Baker give them before that because some of the stuff that plays so well it feels so natural oh my gosh it definitely does Brooklyn Prince right Mm -hmm. yeah she won a couple awards one or two awards not I I don't mean bombastically right but I don't remember how many but one or two that were just for like you know child actor or new actor or whatever and I saw part of a speech that she gave and she was just like kind of cute and precocious up there like oh this is great um, but I, I love that point because I do think if you had the cutesy, more polished actors and actresses, it would have felt more like they were striving for tears or, mm-hmm. and in this scene, I'm supposed to be playful instead of just feeling like looking like little kids. It's like Sean Baker just told me, now play. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's, that's what I mean. I kept wondering, like, how did he get this out of them in multiple scenes this time? Yeah. Thanks. Channing, what, what do you want to cool. chime in about? Um, I knew it. I knew about it before the Oscars. I think I just saw a trailer for it. My brother was like, watch this trailer. And I was like, okay. Um, and I mean, like, immediately, I, it's, it's aesthetic. Like, it's, all the colors, I think, are, it's beautiful. Um, but then, I don't think I ended up watching it until last year. Um, but I man I love this movie and just like Marcus it's probably one of my favorite movies of all time definitely has my favorite ending of all time probably um I want you to talk about that but we're gonna get to that okay right after the break just (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah I it's it's A24 too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, so if you don't know, I don't know. I'm also just like immediately drawn to those types of movies. And so. Yeah, nice. Thank you. Well, and I've made jokes before on Twitter because One Perfect Shot, like on Twitter, will tweet out a lot of shots from Florida Project. And at one point I said, I will never not retweet these. Because like anytime I see it, I'm like, oh, what a gorgeous shot. Like, even though it's one, because they'll retweet them again. Like the same shot, I don't care. I'm like, yep, I'm going to retweet that again. Yeah. Because there's so, there's so many. In just today, my opening gif in class was um, Mooney and Haley. Haley, right? Is the mom. Yep. Walking with this, where it's like the sun's going down almost mm-hmm. all the way. And they're walking on the sidewalk. And that was just, I mean, it's just like a three second gif. But it's just so pretty. What about you, Jake? Uh, I uh, I guess if we're all saying how we discovered the movie, I um, am kind of unhealthily geeky about Metacritic, and I just kind of like check it every day. Um, so when uh, I think this would have premiered... Just checking it on his phone right now. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Do you need me to talk? Uh, I would have been... I, I think it would have premiered at like a festival or something and got early reviews, and they were like, you know astounding and so uh it was on my radar like when's this gonna come around so i was kind of like anticipating it and i was like oh and sean baker made this who i skyped with you know in class. and uh i watched the trailer and like everyone else has said amazing concept and stuff so so i was like geared up and and saw it right when it came out 
and I wasn't disappointed, though. Um, I will say, it, I, I, second viewing is probably when it hit me the hardest, as uh, we've been mentioning a lot lately. Yeah. Second viewing is the best. That's, that's, my, that's my jam. Um, and yeah, now I've seen it three times, and uh, to echo others, I would also probably call it now uh, one of my favorites of all time, like at least top 20. So now, and it could creep up further. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I and I should admit, like I, I mean, this isn't necessarily something to admit, but without saying too much, I I needed to watch it before we did our top ten of that year, and so I acquired maybe not the most legal version <laughs> of it. Uh-oh. And and full disclosure. The, yeah, full Let's disclosure. Put a bleep over that. Yeah, on the, uh... but here's the reason that I share that. <laughs> because I watched it in a pretty low quality version on my computer over like a day or two in parts, which is so not the way to watch any movie, but especially <laughs> a movie like this. And I was still 100% blown away. That's what like it spoke, like it speaks to how great the movie yeah. is because I, yeah, there's no, there's no reason to watch a movie like that. But I did it like that. And when it ended, I remember thinking like, oh, what a disservice I did to this incredible movie. And, and one of the things that I wanted to talk about, and I'll mention here, is the way that they really contrast or balance the like childhood joy, the like, um, you see them in these situations and they, these kids, they just love life, right? And they're having so much fun together with the stark reality of what's actually going on like over their heads, if you will. Mm-hmm. You talked about a little bit of the dread. I think it masks it a bit yeah. because they're like doing these funny things and they're having these like kind of like, um, I don't know, what's the word? They're I'm funny. For? Like, like they're these funny silly kids. interactions with, <laughs> making jokes. with Willem Dafoe and uh-huh. they're like doing hide and seek yeah. and they're like spilling the ice cream, you know what I mean? And they're like, Getting money by pretend like doctor said we have asthma so we need ice cream. Like it's, a, it's all very like you know. I'm not lying. <laughs> it's all hilarious, like yeah. like Marcus said. But they they counterbalance it in a in a in a really sad but realistic way with all of these um, other moments with Haley and with them like mostly with Haley and with her friend. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about that. I don't know if you guys want to add to that. So, I mean, is there anybody, anything anybody wanted to share on that as far as, like, this balance between the melancholy or the realistic? So I want to preface my thoughts by, I love Florida Project, but on the last viewing, I wanted to watch it and not, like, gush over it. I didn't want to just sit here and say, oh, man, it's the best movie ever, da, da, da. Like, if I were looking for things to maybe question, this is something I struggle with in, gen- in films in general. Uh, when you work with talent that is younger, uh, you look at, what is it, um... What's the one you were like? Beast of the Southern Wild. Oh yeah, Beast of the Southern Wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean the classic Haley Joel when he's oh yeah, Six Sense. Six Sense. Yeah. Like, how do you judge what they're doing as children with other act seasoned actors like a Willem Dafoe or something like that? Like, I don't. I, I find that difficult to put them in the same sure realm. And, and I, I don't know if it's just my own sensibilities. Like, um. You know, it goes with different movies. Like, this is a drama, but, I mean, you look at horror movies that focus a lot on the kid, you know, whether it's being possessed or dealing with some sort of trauma. Um, I just, how do you guys, how does that stack up to you guys? Because I think that's, at heart, a big part of the Florida Project, is you have this child perspective, you have these innocent kids doing things that maybe they're in danger, or maybe they're, 
um, <laughs> Definitely. You know, just being witty kids. Um, and so I think it's part of the charm, but I also think it's part of maybe the weakness in it on, on why, I don't know if it's not critically loved. I mean, a lot of people Oh, no, really no, I like mean, it's it, pretty but, critically loved, yeah. yeah. I don't know, I, f- I almost feel like Willem Dafoe matches their naturalism, if that yeah. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it doesn't feel like he's doing a thing that they're not doing to mm-hmm. me. Um, He's very which natural. I think is what people really like about his yeah. performance and why uh-huh. they praised it so much. I think much. that's a big part it's of it. Because he kind of matches, oh, we got all these unprofessional actors, so I'm. But he's I'm right doing there with too. them. He yeah. doesn't, there's nothing that I mean, there he's were like so many scenes them. I noticed this time where it feels like he's just not showing off in a way that a lot of actors yeah. would. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, probably the most animated the character gets is when, you know, he like calls the guy over for the soda. And like Bam. bangs it out of great his hand, scene. and I mean that's the oh, it's such a great. I mean, we'll bring it up later. <laughs> he's but, he's the rock throughout. Like he's he's, I mean, he's the anchor of moral of morality in it. Yeah. Like he's, I mean that, that Sean Baker almost wrote that part for him to yeah, just you be. Would assume. Yeah, incredible. Yeah. But I just mean I guess all I'm saying is to me there was no real dichotomy because I feel like Willem Dafoe matched that non-professional yeah. feel. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. And he, I don't know if you guys ever watched like the GQ interviews where actors talk about their various roles. Um, oh, yeah, they're super entertaining. Uh, yeah. I love them. But uh, Willem Dafoe has one and he talks about this specifically where he talks about like, oh, this was an opportunity for me to like not be an actor. Uh, and he talks about kind of mixing in with these first time actors. And I guess he, uh, for a week before shooting, he uh, lived in the city and talked to the hotel manager and just kind of got to know him and um did kind of some method stuff and it pays off because it feels it feels so natural it feels it feels like oh like i know this guy i've met this guy before yeah Yeah. and i think you eric you bring that up and marcus you bring that up i i mean maybe this is too too metaphorical or whatever but i think willem dafoe is kind of the one who brings the joyful world and the melancholy world together yeah. mm-hmm. at the risk of sounding too like mm-hmm. whatever yeah. pretentious like his character kind of walks the line because he's he's the one trying to keep their joy intact mm-hmm. while understanding what's going on on the other side like yeah the one willing to even in their his joy anger and innocence, like, even. And innocence mm-hmm. yeah for sure like keep their innocence which i mean you know we're obviously the movie came out a little while ago we'd love for you to watch it if you haven't seen it but like her, you know, her innocence comes crumbling down a little bit at the end. The uh, Brooklyn uh, Mooney, um, but he had tried so hard to kind of balance, yeah, the innocence, keeping their innocence with knowing the reality of the situation. So he kind of is the one who walks that line, I think. Yeah, yeah. All right, I um, Richard Roper. I read his review, and he said, "It's a film you most likely will not want to see twice." Wrong. And this year, right, right, and all of us in here have seen it, and have seen it more than twice. But I'm curious, like, not only I put agree or disagree. Obviously, you already said wrong, and I think we, I think we all agree with that. But why do you think you said? And this was in a positive review, like he right. thought the movie was very good. Why do you guys think Roper came out and said like you probably won't want to see this movie twice? I mean, it's devastating, especially uh, I kind of already mentioned this, but when you know where it's going, it's a lot harder to watch. I think. Uh, just you see all the pieces falling into place for um, I mean you're not listening to this if you haven't seen the movie I'm guessing so we'll spoil right but uh, (laughs) you can you can see the pieces falling into place that uh, there's gonna be evidence that Haley's an unfit mother so Mooney's gonna be taken away Um, so anyway I guess I can see why someone would be like 
this is kind of emotional torture, and so why would you put yourself through that more than one time? But I think it's worth it. Yeah. I think maybe because it's not such a traditional movie, it doesn't have, like, a, a, a plot that you can follow. Um, and this kind of goes back to, like, the child acting. For me, I think the kids are so great in this because they're really young. They're, like, six, seven. Yeah. Um, and they don't have, like, a lot of, like, they don't have to advance the plot. You know what I mean? Um, sure. be kids. It's, it, yeah, they can just be kids, and anything that advances any plot, it's kind of what they're doing. It's their actions, where, like, when they go to, like, the abandoned housing department, and they it sets on fire, and then that, uh, then uh, Moody friend. can't play with her yeah. friend anymore. Um, and then that kind of just spirals out of control and leads to other things. Um, and you kind of don't really think about the writing in, in these kinds no, of movies no. where it, the writing isn't advancing the plot, but it's kind of describing the, uh, the setting they're in and, and, and things like that. So I guess what I'm, I'm getting to is, you know, he could have said this, uh, you know, don't watch this movie twice, not necessarily because it's, you know, a kind of a devastating movie, which it, it somewhat is, but... Yeah. Just because it's maybe one of those things where you're like, yeah, I get what it's trying to say, but it's not something I'm going to watch watch for the story or, or sure. anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Even though I would also disagree. I'm just, right, right, right. I yeah, yeah, know. yeah. You just don't know. I got you. <laughs> well, it surprised me when I read it just because it, it to me it has gotten better with each viewing. Yeah. Um, and I was just kind of curious when I, when I read it. Like, oh, okay. No, I see what you're saying. And I think I leaned more toward the devastating thing, but... As a, as a mainstream moviegoer, they also wouldn't be pulled along by any, like, oh, I can't wait to see... I mean, I guess a twist gets ruined after you see it once, but, ooh, to watch it back and see, you know, if everything was right leading mm-hmm. up to that, or it doesn't have any of those pull, those obvious pulls, I guess, other than these performances and wanting to right. kind of understand that life, and then ending with something that is difficult to mm-hmm. to watch. I... I I've said many times I cry all the time in movies, but I rarely cry when things are sad. I almost always cry when they're happy. But this third time, my third time watching it, like I was I was crying a ton at the end. But I was because I think what you said and you mentioned it earlier too is like understanding where it's going laces those earlier scenes that are so joyful and fun with more sadness because yeah. you know like they won't keep to, you know, get to mm-hmm. keep kind of living that life that to them is still pretty magical. Yeah, cool. that's all they know, so yeah. they're happy. Oh my gosh. Good times. Okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, and we talk, we touched on this a lot, so I guess only if somebody wants to chime in with something different. I just put, do you have like a fa- favorite performance in the movie? And we've already talked well, about Willem Dafoe and Brooklyn <laughs> Prince, and I think even Bria Vinate, however you say her name, She's good. I think it's insane. The whole cast. Like, that's what I mean. It's just how do you assemble this many unprofessional actors, or, like, unknowns at least, who are all so good at seeming, like, completely believable and natural. Like, uh, I I even thought when, because Marcus mentioned, like, the the writing and how you're, like, uh, it's not something you really think about when you watch the movie, or you might be wondering, you know, how was that written, like, in a script? And I think the only line in the entire movie where I was like, oh, that feels like a written line that was given to an actor, is when uh, they go into the room they're not supposed to, and Mooney says, uh, this is the room we're not supposed to go into, but let's go in anyway. Like, it's funny, but I'm like, okay, I can tell that was a line she like, practiced, you know? Yeah. But the entire rest of the movie, kids and adults, it's like the entire cast is, I believe they're real people, and I'm just like, how are 
this many people this good at acting and we don't they don't have careers already like yeah i think it's also good i think a lot of it i think the writing is credited for being that natural i think that's part of sean baker and the co-writer uh i can't remember his name but he did all of sean baker's work together. chris Burgak Chris something or something yeah. i think i may have made that up also so but i i possible i think they've got a, a chemistry enough that they can let people create uh conversations in you know the in the in a way that feels supernatural not supernatural in that sense. Yeah. <laughs> Super <laughs> just dash natural. natural. <laughs> but that's why I feel like the writing, I, I had to look up what was nominated for writing that year. Was there? I know. Because there's at least something in there that you're like, there's no way that writing this should have been nominated. Cinema, over, writing and cinematography. I mean, over the Florida Project. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Well, even for me, like... That's why director to me. Because he uh-huh. controlled all that stuff. And there was like the fifth spot that they weren't sure about. And I saw Varieties like the day before, and they were like, we have Sean Baker in it. And I was like, oh, I still my beating heart, you yeah. know? And then when they announced it, and they got to the fifth, and I was like, no. Sorry, Marcus. I was just going to say, for me, it deserves a Best Picture nomination. Oh, yeah. And this year, uh, I think it was 2018, 2017, when it came out, there were nine films uh, in the Best Picture mm-hmm. slot. And it's like, you, yeah. you can put ten in there. You can put a tenth in there. I, I have no so problem. I have no problem with best picture because it, it is it hits on so many. Oh yeah. And I don't know if it's just because only Defoe was there, but those two categories I had to look up. This would have been an original screenplay, yeah. correct? Mm-hmm. So you're looking at who are you gonna who are you gonna bounce? The Big Sick, Get Out, Lady Bird, Shape of Water, Three Billboards. That that's is a, a good pull that's a tough of uh, Shape of Water. Shape, Shape of Water is exactly okay. what I was going to say. <laughs> the, one, the one that wins Best Picture, okay? But and the then... script isn't the reason that that wins Best Picture no. to me. Also, I don't think it should have won Best Picture. That's another... I own that movie, but All that's right, another, we'll jump, we'll jump that's another that. story let's for jump, another Let's day. jump over to cinematography. So cinematography, but, but I'll finish here. You've got like the, the stuff that Guillermo del Toro does. Guillermo. You know, and of course... Um, oh, shoot. I'm forgetting her freaking name. Sally but, Hawkins. Yes, thank you. Sally Hawkins. Those two, to me, make that movie. Um, and you have her doing the dance. Michael Shannon. And you have her... Uh-oh. You have her doing the dance. The dance. Best okay, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie. The monster dance. The Thank monster match. What I meant was, though, in the end, that movie like has a pretty... I mean, if you break it down by script beats and plot, it has a pretty by-the-numbers type of yeah. construction. I haven't seen Shape of Water since, so I need yeah. to give another watch. By-the-numbers type of construction. And again, speaking from someone who, I think it was third or fourth on my my list that mm-hmm. year. It's a good movie. Okay. But that's the one I'm bouncing for sure. Okay. <laughs> now, cinematography. Blade Runner 2049. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was like my number one. So, uh, yeah. 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 The Darkest Hour. Darkest Hour. Which was well shot, well even shot. though that movie mm-hmm. didn't belong in the best picture. No. Yeah. Agreed. Conversation. Dunkirk. Okay. Mudbound, which I love. Oh, so gorgeous. So gorgeously shot, yes. And then The Shape of Water, which is also... I'd probably bounce The Shape, shape of Water. water. <laughs> uh, I can see where you land on The Shape of Water. No, no, no. I, but what was the second one again? Uh, Darkest Hour. Darkest Hour can yeah. go. Yeah. I, I mean, The Darkest Hour is, is gorgeous. It's well shot. But if you're telling me I have to get rid of one, it's one of those two. Just because The Florida Project yeah, is, is so... <laughs> <laughs> we are redoing the Oscars right now <laughs> for The Florida Project. But your your point is well taken. Mm-hmm. But director, go to director real quick, okay. and then we'll move on. Eric has it up, so 
Because director was the one I remember distinctly. Directing nominees? There were four, and I'll tell you, the one I'm going to tell you, if I remember correctly, is going to surprise you, but... You want me to go through them? Please. Uh, Christopher Nolan, Dunkirk. Uh-huh, definitely. Jordan, Jordan Peele, Get Out. Okay. Is that who you're bouncing? Keep going. Greta Gerwig, Lady Bird. Is that who you're bouncing? <laughs> Paul Thomas Anderson, Phantom Thread. Uh-huh. Keep going, man. You're not defined. Guillermo del Toro. No, Shame I'm not bouncing Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> you're a monster but, if you do. No. Uh, I, you're right. There's not just one. No, no. There's not just one that I say, like, you're out okay. on this. But... I wouldn't have minded if Jordan Peele... I was going to say I'd bounce him. ...wasn't in there. That was the one that I oh, remember really? thinking... Yeah. And I love Get Out. It was my favorite movie That's of the shocking. year. yeah. It's not the direction But it's overall, not the though. direction. The direction's good, and it's assured, right? But the script, it, he won. That's Jordan the, yeah, Peele won. Yeah. Because the script is yeah. amazing. And I thought it should have won for Best Picture because I think the whole thing yeah. is so great. That's just me. I know not everyone agrees with that. But the directing, as good as it is, it's not the showy thing. And the way that Sean Baker held everything together in the Florida Project. And that's the same thing where you say, like, maybe we don't give it a script nomination. Because what he's really doing here is coaxing these performances from these kids or whatever. That's, and it was Jordan Peele that, because he wasn't even for sure. Like, and it was Paul how Thomas you, Anderson who got the fifth, though. How do Most you people balance, didn't have him in. How do you balance, you're getting these from these indie, you yeah, know, without, it's versus impossible. Jordan yeah. Peele, you're getting these it's from impossible. Daniel, mm-hmm. you know, like. Daniel Kaluuyan. It's yeah, just, it's that's tough. just uh, to me. That's the heart. And if it does, if you don't, if it doesn't resonate with you, if Florida Part Project does, if you're just like, what is Sean Baker doing? Right. Then it misses. Like uh, we all are students of film, I would say. Like, <laughs> well, <and laughs> of the cinema. if not more. <laughs> so, anyways, last thing I'm gonna say about Florida Project. Yeah, you have to go pretty soon. And, yeah, you have to go pretty soon. <laughs> Oh, you still got a little bit of time. The, we'll have you for a little bit. The way, as I watched it, in particular the second half, the way it's edited is a little segmented to me. Okay. And it feels completely natural if you're just watching to watch. But as I'm looking at it, I'm breaking down when something's happening to the kids, when something's happening to the adults. It goes back and forth. And I'm looking at the second half, probably the last half an hour, 45 minutes, I felt like it was happening a little bit more, and I don't know if that was just being me being too critical of it. Right. but and Like episodic? I, I, know, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh-huh. Because when I was watching this movie, um, I was writing all of my notes down, mm-hmm. and I didn't... I was ha- I had, like, writing, acting, cinematography, but I didn't... I wasn't writing anything about the editing. Mm-hmm. But then the second half, I was like, oh, there's, like, some stuff going on here. Mm-hmm. The thing I noticed the most, and it's, like, kind of what you're referring to, is... When it shows Mooney uh, in the bathtub, yes, it show it it shows it it's right around it's, that it's, area. There are these weird like intercuts of her in the bathtub, and then like other scenes, and then it'll cut back to her in the bathtub. Um, and when you're first watching, you're like, "This is this is kind of odd." Like it it cuts four or five times to to just her in the bathtub, like quick maybe fifteen second shot, um, and then you get the reveal that her mom is putting in there because she's basically like prostituting herself yeah. to get money um for me i i really liked that uh, mm-hmm. as far as the editing goes that that worked really well for me um i don't know how, how you feel about that if that was kind of annoying to you or or just if i if i was looking more critically i was a little more confused by it but okay. the fir- when i'm just watching it the first time second time even it's it's uh it's more natural i'm getting it 
But as I watched it, and I'm look again, I'm I'm looking for things that I could. If I was gonna make an argument, uh, you know, in a group of people who love this movie, <laughs> what would I hit? So you're playing the I devil's would, advocate. I'm playing the right devil's now. advocate. Okay. Um, and and I think it continued. The the that was part of where uh, where Marcus is talking about. And then when I I think it's just the consistency between you're getting Defoe in there, you're getting the uh, we've already kind of spoiled what's going on. Yeah, as, yeah, yeah. Um, but as she's being the taken, social services yeah, as, as the social services come in and she's being taken, it's, it, there's a little choppiness to it. Um, again, I still love the Florida project. Right, this right. is, this is me looking for things that sure, could sure. be missed. Cause I, if I'm watching this with my wife or someone who just doesn't watch a ton of these type of movies, I can see where that's a little bit of, if you're not drinking the Kool-Aid, you're oh, maybe I'm a little, so which I think all of us are drinking the Kool-Aid, but. No, but I, I 100% agree. Like, I, I totally get what you're trying to say. Nice. But for me, I, I agree. It works. Sean Baker does it very well. Yeah, yeah. Just no, I'm, yeah, I'll watch. And I'm going to watch for that more the next time because I didn't notice as much. In the second half, too, the, I just am always feeling that kind of dread that, it's especially this last time, yeah. where you're just like, oh, we're down on the roller coaster. Not the roller coaster, but this, the downhill leading to this pretty terrible... Thing that makes sense in the reality mm. of everything that happened and probably should be yeah. happening. And yet there's this other element of them like, but no, they're, to them, it's amazing. Anyway, um, thanks. Are there any, were there any favorite lines or quotes? Oh, I, I realized, I, I, yes. <laughs> I, I realized I didn't write any of my, I have a few lines, but I want to hear yeah, from you can. guys first and then I'll just jump in. So, or yeah. we, or uh, can we also insert favorite shots in there? Yeah, yeah. sure. Okay. Yeah, man. Yeah. Favorite endings, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but do you have some, Chan? No, I don't have any favorite lines. I do. There is a scene that I, I just. It's really not anything, but I just really like it. It's when uh, Haley takes Mooney to like the hotel to eat breakfast. Uh huh. She's just eating, and it's. It's there. like right in her and face, like, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's like the same shot, but it's like, uh, what kind of shot is it? It's not continuous. It's, it's a jump oh. cut where yes. we're on the same action, but we keep jumping through. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That. As she loves what like, she's eating yep. and she's so excited. It's it's just so, it's like so simple, but then after that, everything kind of just. I know. Uh-huh. <laughs> that is a great shot, and I think I love the right after when they ask her her room number and she just like gives it without hesitation. Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> she, it's played really well by her, even though it feels like such a small moment. This time watching, I was like, "Oh, that was nice!" Like that, the yeah. way she played it. She's technically not lying because that is their room number. <laughs> True yeah. at that hotel. Yeah. Uh, Marcus, I know you have some lines and or shots. Feel free to to go wherever you want. I've got yeah, I've got I've got both. My favorite <laughs> shot in the movie. Um, super simple. Uh, Bobby's just smoking a cig out on the balcony, and the camera kind of dollies in, and all of the motel lights start to sparkle on it. Mm-hmm. It's like this really soft lighting, and you can hear the crickets, and you can hear like the Disney fireworks in the background, but you can't mm-hmm. see them. Um, so beautiful. Oh, so yeah. so well done. The lights coming on this time, I was just like, oh my gosh, I didn't even remember how great yeah. this shot was when we watched it this time. Yeah. And it's one of those scenes where you're like, man, they're just in this. It's it's crazy because it's like, it's 
what what is the name of the hotel again? Magic Castle. Magic yeah. And it's like this bright purple and um but the, it's kind of in this uh ghetto area and yeah. it's it's a sad situation where there's a lot of poverty. But then you see that shot and it's like, "All right, this is there's some there's beautiful some aspects here. of this." Yeah, yeah. Um I have a lot of scenes that I really love, um but I guess the one that I would choose um is when Bobby is willing to, I guess, kind of circumvent the rules of residency for Haley and Mooney. Uh, he takes him out and he's like, you can't stay more than a month. Um, and, you know, Haley and Mooney go over to another hotel and they're like, sorry, our rate's up and you can't stay here. Bobby comes in person to to talk to like this other hotel manager. He he even gives Haley like he 15 gives bucks. gives the money that she needs to cover it. Yeah, and, and that just... For me, I just love that scene because of it, it shows so much about Bobby's character. Yeah. Where he's this yeah. guy, he genuinely loves what he does, and he genuinely loves the people. Another one of my favorite lines in the movie is... I know what you're going to say. He turns the power... He turns the power I knew it! That's the, I and, love that And they're part. like, love you, Bob. And he's like, I love you too. Oh, man. And it's, it's so, so genuine. It feels so genuine. <laughs> yeah, and it's, That's exactly it's so what I was going to say. Um, he's just this hotel manager who... Is trying to do his job. He, there are some scenes with his boss where he's like, hey, you need to do these things. Bring this church donation van to the back. Uh, um, Makes me want to be a hotel manager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bring the bikes to the back. Um, where he's just trying to do his best. Um, there are some other subtle scenes where you see like his coworkers, the people who work for him, they're not doing much. Uh, yeah. And he, he's the one who's going to people's rooms, talking yeah. to people. Um, he genuinely cares for Haley and Mooney because he's willing to go out of his way to do those things. But mm-hmm. he's also got to do his best to like keep things in order. Um, I'm sorry I'm talking so much, but there's another no, scene with, with Bobby specifically where the woman who at the pool who's topless yeah. and he has to go and talk to her. Uh-huh. And like, you, can't, you can't be out here like this. Um, but then later there's another scene with her. I think it's the same one. Yeah, when he bumps yeah. the cigarette. Yeah, he just gets like a cigarette and they, and they're talking with each other where yep. it's, it just, in this most simple, like sincere way, it describes and it shows like his character. So yeah. good. Oh, so, yeah. so good. And yeah. that's the thing. I think that second scene you bring up with him and, and her again is a scene that in, uh, clumsier hands, I think would have felt very like. But they're actually friends. Yeah. But it doesn't feel that way at all. No. Like you said, I think it's the same woman. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it is, but they don't do some sort of like, and he doesn't say something like, you know, <laughs> even though sometimes we disagree, you know, there's none of that. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm being stupid, but, but it really is quite the highlight of the movie. And I, I have to say one more time how genuine it is when he says, I love you guys. I, I think that is to me something, and I know it's in some of the trailers, yeah, but I still think it plays really well in the movie. And everyone kind of claps. And there's yeah. like some sarcasm to the clapping, but also people are pretty happy that he fixed it so quickly. And his little wave, and I love you guys <laughs> it, too. It it's, just establishes the relationship of of so many people in like such a short amount of time in such a simple way. Yeah, yeah. Just, it's amazing writing. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Jake, uh, scene, so we got scenes or lines or moments, and you can go anywhere, okay. please. I got one scene and a bunch of lines. Uh, I think my favorite scene in the whole movie, and this is really dark, but I just think it's so well played, is the uh, 
scene where the old man shows up while the kids are playing. Yeah. Oh, that's the most uncomfortable scene, I think. Yes. Well, one of, I guess. <laughs> there are a lot in this movie. But I just think it's... Uh, Bobby, he just handles it like a badass. And it just, like... I, th- I think it's an, an inspiring scene overall just to see his... The guard he has for these kids. Like, he's on his toes, you know? Um, and whereas other... Uh, hotel or motel managers might you know be grumpy about like uh, parents letting their kids play out here you know and now I have to step in and be the supervisor but we don't see any of that we just see him subtly step in and uh try to get rid of this guy peacefully at first and then you know <laughs> yeah. it escalates and he gets the last word which I love and it's, it's how it I, I think he handles it perfectly I just think it's amazing well that scene also starts him dropping the paint right Yes, so he's like paying, yeah, and it drops, and the other guy's all ticked, mm-hmm. and he's just kind of like, "I need to Sorry. go over there." Yeah. And the, I, I mean, I know I'm adding on, but just the way Bobby at first, like, I thought you said you were thirsty, and like, mm-hmm. you should drink that right now, like all the way that he kind of like <laughs> mini bullies him, him yeah, and pushes him, yeah. like to make sure he knows, like, you better not ever try something like this again. And 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 the weird, like, weird is the wrong word because that's has a negative connotation, but like the. The kind of awkwardness of like, you know, you don't really know, per se, right. but it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, that's not a situation that that guy should be out there, you know, and, yeah. and Bobby's just like, no, I'm going to protect them at all costs. Like, hey, I thought you said you were at the... Anyway. Yeah. Sorry. It's for, brilliant. It's very great. And that guy is like a really great actor, I guess, hopefully, because yeah, he's, he's so unnerving. He's so unnerving, <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. Anyway. That's what I was thinking was when I was watching that scene. That he's, like, yeah, like, uh, hopefully you're really good at what yeah, you do. Hopefully they <laughs> didn't just pull him off the screen. <laughs> and, you know, have him do that great. But, okay, just quit. I'll just rapid fire some favorite lines, and I guess interrupt me if you want to say something. But uh, I love when Mooney says to Jancy, don't be a loser. And she says, don't call me that, but okay. As they're running. Uh, I love when Mooney tells Bobby, uh, she says, you're not welcome when he kicks them out. After, uh, you're not welcome. Yeah. If I had an alligator, I would name it Anne. Uh, I love Mooney's delivery, or Brooklyn Prince's delivery, I guess, uh, when Ashley, the uh, other kid's mom, starts saying that he can't hang out with them, and she's it's the first time that she's like not telling the kids where he is, and she's like, well, could you please give me the address then? <laughs> and, uh, the delivery is so good. Uh, get off your power trip, you're driving a golf cart. is really good. Oh, yeah. Uh, and... Oh, <laughs> And then I, at some point, Jan, they're arguing about whether the news is boring, and Jancy's like, I watch the news, it's not that boring. Like, oh, that's good. So, those are my favorite lines. Oh, that's awesome. Eric, did you have any, either lines or scenes, shots, any uh, famous, favorite that things? I, I'm going to tweet out my favorite uh, shots, because I found a couple of them on Twitter. Yeah, you did. Uh, I really <laughs> like Willem Dafoe smoking, just looking on the horizon, I'll tweet that out yeah, yeah. on Rogators. But, um, <laughs> the ending, I just, I... End, we gotta touch on the ending. I gotta leave, but I know. Uh, I think it's just. I I assume that's the iPhone. Yeah. Parts. yeah. I don't know. They. I read just now, and probably I'm sure Marcus or whatever, you guys already knew, but like it was the director, the cinematographer, the actors, and the acting coach and who like helped with their, the kids. The kids' guardians. Right oh there. yeah, 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 yeah. And they did it on the sly. They like well, just kind of were in there and did so. the did the thing on the iPhone. Yeah, with with Alexis Zabe, who probably. I would assume, manned the iPhone. The rapid speed of it's really cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Do that whole shot. Yeah. I would say it's a controversial ending. I think it, talking to people who have seen this movie, that's one thing I've heard a few times. It's like, oh, I loved it until the ending, and then I, I didn't like the ending. 
but I, I like it personally, but I maybe we should address why people don't like it or why people might not like it. I can see how it's divisive. Sure. Uh, because the first time I watched it, uh, it was it it felt so out of place to me, um, especially the the change when you're mm-hmm. like seeing this beautiful thirty five millimeter film, and then it changes to like, you can see the change to digital uh-huh. really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, that's that's kind of odd. Um, I don't th- I don't think the ending for me personally. I don't think it's supposed to be taken literally. No. Um, but magical realism. Yeah. Some have said. And one of the reasons I like the ending is you can see it how you want to see it. If you want to take it literally, go for it. And, and like, these kids, are they're going to go have a fun day at Disney World. Um, and, like, this, uh, you know, Jancy, she out of, she's out of, she gets split up from her mom, but guess, or uh, not Jancy. Mooney, Mooney. Mooney. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's for the best. Um, and so you have all of these, like, conflicting feelings. Um, but there's no really um, firm closure, I guess. Um, it's just kind of open. So I can see how people wouldn't be yeah. super satisfied with that. Yeah. Um, for me, it just felt very abrupt. I've grown to l- like the ending. Yeah. Um, but for me, when I first watched it, I was like, that's really abrupt um, and kind of odd. Yeah. I think that was part of what I really liked when I finished yeah. watching it the first time. Just because it struck me... Like, you have so much emotion. You have, like, three intense emotional Yeah, yeah when she starts crying, end. man. My gosh. Yeah. <sighs> Sorry. Well, yeah. No, and the and the mom, the whatever, I can't remember. Oh, her real name, Bria yeah. Haley. The way she, I mean, she's genuinely upset and emotionally charged, you know, like, yelling at these people. And, like, I think maybe as a parent now, I'm, I, you know, like, I can't imagine having to deal with that. And then you cut to this where you don't know necessarily how to take it. It's just like, okay, you know, how do you... Uh-huh. I, I think that's one of the things that drew me to it. Because I, I remember gushing to you when I first saw it. And I think that ending was part of what... Because, I mean, it's a tough all-around story. The whole arc of it is you're dealing with some stuff that's not necessarily pleasant. Like, yeah. I don't want to... It's not a family flick that you just want to yeah. run out and watch. But, yeah, yeah. but if you can uh, connect with it, you know, I think there's some interesting lessons with it. Yeah, and I think the the abruptness, I think, really probably, as Marcus stated, makes it divisive. But my very first time, I maybe you had prepared me and said you really liked the end. But the, the gut punch right before is so devastating, I feel. And where you're just like, no, and she starts crying. And, you know, all of her escape is always with these friends. And it's mm-hmm. always what, you know, like, and she has fun with her mom, don't get me wrong. And I love those scenes. But, you know, the movie is anchored by Willem Dafoe and the scenes of the kids playing. Um, so it just gave me, like, a, a respite going into the credits from the terribleness. Mm-hmm. Where I think I, I am accurate to say I didn't even care. I didn't even know how I took it. I don't even know if I took it. Literally, not literally. Complete magical realism. Complete daydream on their hands. Just a metaphor for how she escapes with her friend. I, I don't think I know how I took it at all, other than it made me feel a little bit of uplift. And I think that's what works about the movie general. You see movies like this that revel in the squalor, like I mentioned earlier, that revel in the dirtiness and the sadness. And that's just not what Sean Baker's doing. He's saying, like, yes, this is terrible. We're not going to ignore the reality, but you can find happiness and joy wherever you are. Mm-hmm. And something about that ending drives that home for me, even if I don't even know how I'm taking it. That's, if that makes sense. That's, yeah. 
I, I really like how you put that. And he could have, like, Sean Baker could have made put set this in like a grittier setting, it, it, with all the different themes that are yeah. portrayed in this movie. Like, it could have been a lot darker. Yeah. But like, that's not what this is going for. No. Yeah. But I, I think that adds to. I mean, you look at the cinematography and the colors that he uses, like, like the aesthetic, the, that the, aesthetics, the yeah. bright pastel, yeah. purple, the the rainbow in the one. Even scene. the clothing that the kids are usually wearing is that yeah. bright kids, uh-huh. you know. Um, and I think that just counterbalances how impressive the ending is yeah and i mean just pops i mean i think sean baker said and i don't want to misquote him but because i read multiple different things leading up but i think he said something like people can take it however they want i think he even stated that after the fact right yeah but like you know people are meant to take it however they want did you have a definitive way you took it jake or um i mean i think any way i take it is it it is it's pretty dark, I would say, like emotionally, but I also understand what the movie's doing the rest of the time is like showing you the world through these kids' eyes and they're optimistic and they're joyful, but with our adult view on the world, we know how sad this situation is. So I feel like the ending is kind of a culmination of all that. And uh, so even though what's happening on screen is technically happy, um, that they're, you know, running away to Disney World, I, I kind of tend to read it as like, Maybe this sad statement of like the actual starkness and uh, sadness of uh, of this reality, and that like if this movie was gonna have to have a happy ending, it would have to be this magical realism thing, basically saying there is no happy way out of this, but we're just gonna let them, you know, magically escape, and that's what they want to do. That's what they're. That's what is going through Mooney's head right now. And that's so, the only thing that could take them away. From- yeah. Basically, nice. which I still like, but it, I yeah, guess yeah, it's yeah. a pretty dark way to view it. But, yeah, yeah, no, but I think, I mean, I see what you're saying in that it emphasizes the reality of the sadness, but at the same time kind of gives us that one more thing of like, but they can always find these resilient kids, these sure, innocent, I mean, like, uh, not, that's not the word I was going to say. Uh, I was going to say like gullible, but that's not mm-hmm. what I meant. Obviously, they're not gullible, but what I mean is, like, they're able to, even in a moment like that, find something to hold on to. And in this case, there's only one possible thing that could even take away from that. Yeah. And it's, you know, this one beautiful, this beautiful thing that, you know, they're not ever probably going to get to experience. I know that's terrible to say, too. Right. No, yeah. but yeah, that you're right. Mm-hmm. That's sad. Oh, Jake. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I watched I kid, this. I by the way, I watched this on Amazon on my computer, and when you move the mouse, they do the trivia on the side. Yeah. Did you Did you do this too? I I don't know. I no, because it bothers me to do that. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I only do it every. I don't do it the whole movie, but yeah, yeah. Uh, on the, for the ending, it's funny. They list it as a goof, and they say they list out the reasons why it's not possible for them to oh to do gosh. that. It's like they would have had to run five <laughs> miles down the road. Oh my gosh. Uh, they run past the ticket takers or whatever. <laughs> And so, and so, and then the last sentence is like, all of these uh, things make it seem that it may not be intended to be taken literally. Like <laughs> okay, I broke it down. So. Wow. It may not be yeah. intended to be taken literally. <laughs> but like Mark said, I mean, someone could. And I think that's, yeah, I think that's the bottom line for me is like, if you want to take it literally, okay. Well, like, uh, the first time I watched this, I watched it with my parents. And uh, like, the movie ended, and. Uh, I think my mom was like, that's nice. Like, at least they, uh, like, they went to go to Disney World. Which is funny, because my parents literally just got back from Disney World. Uh, I, we have to go pick them up from the airport tonight. Oh, no, wow. Um, I don't know, like, how long we want to go. 
but I think I I want to hear your guys' thoughts on some of like please maybe the some some of the symbolism in the movie. For me, the the main two I'm thinking of uh, is kind of Disney looming in the background, um, and kind of that over exaggerated dystopia that this kind of area of Florida is, where you have this you have Disney and then this extreme poverty, um, and then um, all the helicopters in the movie. Yeah, I actually I'm glad you brought that up because I don't think I'm equipped. I kept wondering. Yes. Kind of what that was meant to be. And I know. So, I mean, you guys may know and have a good idea. And I I'm no idea. so I glad you wondering. brought it up. <laughs> because I did not notice it very well the first two times. Mm-hmm. And this time I was like, holy helicopters. Yeah, same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just knowing the likely budget and like circumstances of filming the movie. My guess was they couldn't control it most of the time. Probably. So right? I actually so, read about it because okay. I was super yes, fascinated. Tell us. Um, that is that is part of it. Okay. Um, yeah, that makes sense. But obviously they had because I guess they scouted the location and then this helicopter tourism business uh, sprouted up out of nowhere <laughs> before they started shooting and Sean Baker thought it was going to ruin the movie. Um, but I guess like they decided to keep it in and there's a lot of scenes with the helicopter. A lot. And like yeah. you would think. Okay, there are definitely takes where you you don't have any helicopters in there, but for me it kind of I I like it. It makes sense. It there's no music in this movie except for the the opening shot. Okay, we I that would be fun to talk about. <laughs> the opening shot when Celebration is playing, uh, yes. which is so at the end, which is a different like version of Celebration. Oh, is it? Is that yeah, true? At the end, yeah. Like, so it starts out with like the regular song, and at the end it's more of like an instrumental. Really? It like the the it. score when they run into Disney World? Yes. Is a yes. version of Celebration. Yes. I didn't notice that. Yep. I didn't know that. Yes. So, so like, it has a different, different tone. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Interesting. That, yeah. Anyway. Well, and these movies are interesting that don't have a lot of music because, for me, it adds to the realism. Mm-hmm. Um, and then those kind of, the sounds that are in the movie are more impactful. Yeah. Uh an example of a movie like that for me is No Country for Old Men. No music, but like the sound editing in that yeah. and like some of those sounds I feel like are ingrained in my brain. They have a little, in our textbook and filmlet, they have a little section on the sound design really? of No Whoa. Country for Old Men. Yeah. For that exact reason. Um, and so any music you are hearing, it's like this, it's like playing off of an iPhone. It's like this tinny uh, sound with like this top 40 rap playing uh-huh. or like music playing no overhead in the bathroom yeah. <laughs> she has to always play the music really loud yeah. so that you exactly. know which at first is like feels like a weird choice i mean at fir- not when you watch it again but yeah. i remember at first i was kind of like oh weird and it's just like how loud can the sound be for mm-hmm. obvious reasons yeah so for me like you have a lot of these sounds that like stand out uh or like you know the tv playing in the background uh-huh. um and the helicopter is one of those and for me it it kind of keeps the momentum of the movie going in a certain way, but it also it can it also emphasizes like just the dra- the drastic difference between these people and then these people who are just taking helicopter rides right. around the city to look at stuff yeah. because they can pay for such a thing. And, and yeah. then you could go as far as to say like um, it's it's kind of uh, reminiscent of um, Mooney's mom's parenting style where she is not there at all and then you have literal helicopters uh you know 
in every, almost like every other scene, mm-hmm. um, saying, you know, this is her parenting style is exactly the opposite of helicopter parenting. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, that, that was something that came to my mind. I don't know if right. that was intentional at all, but I'm just glad you brought it up yeah. because yeah. I, this time only I was like, holy cow, there are so many helicopters. Yeah. And I, and I didn't, I didn't even, I was just kind of like, oh wow, I wonder. And that was it. You know, I just kind of went. Yeah. But it's not clear what they are. So you just saying that it's a tourism thing, I think for me clears it up completely. Because yeah. uh, I think the first time you see them, the helicopter, I mean, you, uh, they all like give it the finger, yeah. right? As it, which I mean makes sense. Because uh-huh. I, watching that scene today, I was like, I mean... I, that's just a fun thing they do. I don't know, but knowing now that it's a it's rich people basically uh, using it for tourism, it makes sense. So yeah, yeah and the, I mean they're not to be too I don't know down on Disneyland or whatever, but you brought up like the kind of dystopian uh, uh, contrast yeah. or whatever. I'm not. I like Disneyland fine, and I have fun when I go there, and I like to see my kids have fun, but it's always felt very monetarily obsessed to me. And I know that's yeah. not how everyone feels. I know a lot of people love that place and do consider it the happiest place on earth. Um, for instance, my wife loves it and she knows it's not my favorite. <laughs> and part of it is because it feels very much like, you know, yeah. we, we are pretending we care about your happiness, but all we really care about is taking your money. Yeah. And I know that's a pretty cynical approach. But then he is purposefully giving these moments of joy and and fun Mm -hmm. to these kids where they're having a situation just as fulfilling for them and just as joyful for them. Yes. You know, um, that is the most ghetto version, uh, pardon the phrase, but the most ghetto version of those things. Yeah. Yeah. I I also love Disney. And I don't think uh, Sean Baker, it was his intention to make Disney like the villain of this movie. It was, was, it's almost just, it's a plot device. (laughs) Um, and it's a super interesting setting. Um, but it is, it works so well. It works so, so well. Yeah. Seeing that as so many people's pinnacle of happiness, if you will. Mm -hmm. And they're right there in the shadow. Just outside is people's. I I wanted to briefly talk about the no music thing because I, we, you know, we've done our favorite scores and in my film class we talk about how it is one of the most noticed parts that really ups the emotion. But when you have a movie like this that comes along and uses it very sparingly and basically no score other than these songs that happen throughout and yet packs such an emotional punch, not to like be absurd, but it makes me question like, well, how much do we need music? And I think music is great and I'm glad it exists and some scores just blow my mind. But then you watch something like this that does all of the things that a movie would do with score sans score Mm -hmm. and it kind of calls into question the importance of music, uh, if you will. Totally. Because I didn't even much think about it. Because like, there, moment, there are moments of music, but I didn't even really think about it because I was so uh-huh. you know, entranced, if you will. Yeah. What I liked about the music is that, like, well, I guess it added to the realism of it. Because, like, when do you listen to music? I listen to music, like, if you're... Taking a bath, right? Uh-huh, this music, uh-huh. um, you have the TV on, and that's what's making noise in your house. Um, they go out, Haley and her friend, they go out, and I don't know what they're doing, but there's like the Latin music that's out yeah. there. Um, but I don't know, your life just isn't like scorned by right, music. Right, right. <laughs> and so I liked that it was very much like music that they would listen to when they would listen to it. Um, 
like on iPhones. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. I think it does add to that realism. Yeah. And I think uh, the TVs have been mentioned a few times, but I think that basically it serves as the, the function of the score in a lot of ways, because uh, usually in an ironic way, but I noticed there are several scenes where something really sad or dramatic is happening, and you have these, like, happy cartoons or, like, ads for dumb toys or whatever yeah. playing on the TV, mm-hmm. uh, where, you know, most movies, if you're going, you know... 101, how do I keep an audience's attention, yeah. right? You'd be like, oh, I'm not going to have a conflicting noise with the conversation, right? But I love that they use that to kind of up the realism, um, and, yeah, it's it's good. And I like yeah. how you said, like, it adds to, like, specific moments in the, that I guess are, like, crucial to the film. Like, uh, Haley and Mooney are, like, sitting in the bed, and Haley's like, oh, I don't want to watch this any, uh, Mooney's like, I don't want to watch this anymore, where's the iPad? And he was like, oh, I sold it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, I like pepperoni. And she's like, yeah, that cuts money. Yeah. And the TV's just in the background. Right. And it's, it's music. Mm-hmm. It's in those moments where, I don't know, yeah. important information is given. And it's like all they have to do, really, right? Like, you yeah. notice when the power goes out, you like, there's a lot of people there for during <laughs> the day, and they all walk out, right? And yeah. he says, as after he gets the power back on, you know, go back, turn on your AC, watch your TVs, you know, and it's like... <laughs> Yeah, in your VCR. It's <laughs> yeah. this, like, sad existence, though, where, yeah, they're just, like, are sitting in this yeah. motel watching TV outside of Disney World. So. It's um, this reminded me of a... And this is not the right time to share this, and I don't care. <laughs> um, when Mooney wipes her pizza hand that's, on the pillow. I didn't even bring out that earlier. You guys covered most of my favorite scenes and, and stuff, but, like... And then she's like, don't wipe. And she's like, it's my pillow. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'll and, have Bertha wash it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll have Bertha. Oh, and then they yeah they have the friendship with the the lady who works on like the laundry mm-hmm. and stuff and anyway yeah and you guys already answered this you already answered it's one of your favorite movies ever and probably you and you said probably top twenty mm-hmm. yeah. and I had it that year number two and I had Get Out ahead of it which is an interesting because they're very different yeah. kinds yeah. of kinds of movies and that brings into question you know anytime we. You try to rank stuff. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's sure. very different kinds of movies. But watching it this time uh, is what really kind of brought that out to me because I was like, man, I think if I keep watching this consistently over the next couple of years, like, yeah. it will steadily move up the list like you yeah. talked about last year. I don't know where I'd have it now, and we've, we've talked over and over about doing a top 10, top 20 of all time, and I want to before we go defunct. You know, before Rogue Tours no longer exists, even if it's the last one and we know it's ending and we're like, we're doing one more and it's our top 10 of all time or whatever, top 15, and it's going to be the most excruciating list ever. Oh, yeah. Um, But like so many things, the more you watch it, the more, you know, the best ones, the more you watch it, the more they grow on you, even when you already like them. And I I just definitely think it will just keep moving up my list as I find the time to watch it because it's one. This is actually... I'm going to share this before we do our final thoughts, and you guys can bring up anything and ask any questions. This is a true story that I probably shouldn't tell on the podcast or whatever, but... Ooh. No, it's not, that, it's not scandalous. I'm excited. It's not scandalous. It's just, like, probably, like, you know, private information or whatever, but... Um, it's, oh, man, everyone's out there is like, woo, and they're like, this story sucks. Um, yeah, I know, I'm sorry. But, so, a couple years ago, I got, like, this... This is why it's weird to share, but I got this teacher award, and it was cool. I'm like, yay, I got this okay, teacher we award. Okay, get it. Wow. <laughs> wow. But with the teacher award came, a, came cash 
like there was a cash prize or a check. And it, this is where, you know, and it was 500 bucks. So I got a $500 award for being a teacher, which is really cool. And I, we had like, we had to get new tires at the time and stuff. So I didn't get to use it on anything that I wanted except one movie. And I bought this. Nice. That's the only reason I told this. <laughs> so I had $500 and most of it had to go into real life things. Very Florida Project-esque. Yeah. <laughs> we had to buy new tires and blah, 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 blah. But I was like, Bethany, I need to get to my wife. I need to get at least one thing for me. And I bought the Florida Project. Nice. Like, we <laughs> went to whatever store or whatever. And I was like, what can I? Oh, yep. This is what, <laughs> this is what the money's going toward. Nice. Is buying the Florida Project. Yeah, that's so... Um, so I'll, I'll have let anything else that you want to make sure to say before we go away from the Florida Project. And the first thing I want to say is just that, you know, depending on whatever your tolerance is for movies, blah, 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 this is a movie that you should see if you can find any way. It's on Prime. It's on Prime. If you have Prime, it's free. Is that right? There's also like 4K HD version that you can watch. It is, I used Masterpiece at the very beginning. We haven't come back to that word yet. And I would just say, like, I truly think that if Sean Baker were to never make another movie, which he will, I would still feel like he gave us something that will will stand the test of cinematic time. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's how impressive I think it is as an overall achievement. It's not it's not overly long where it, you would feel like, oh, this is so long. I, I know some people who would apply the moniker of slow to the Florida mm-hmm. Project, but I think the way that these kids interact, it never ever drags for me ever with these moments of levity and these moments of kind of dark you know reality it just feels so worthy and real and I don't know that was pretty unarticulate but (laughs) inarticulate (laughs) but Marcus what else uh, any conclusion final thoughts summary questions Um, or anything you want to say before we we sign off I I feel like I could talk about this movie for hours Um, so I hope I don't uh, no, going too long of a tangent, please. Uh, but as have, he looks uh, at his notes, <laughs> I so you end up going too long of a tangent. He has written a lot, which is <laughs> I love. Yeah, let's start. Yeah, um, I've got like some more favorite lines and more things that I really like that would they they would do with the line uh, the writing, and then I have some I guess closing thoughts please. about this, and then movies in general. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another one of my favorite lines um, is when the Portuguese tourists they book the wrong hotel and they're trying oh, to figure yeah. everything out. Um, Mooney says, I can always tell when adults are about to cry, <laughs> which is, is a funny line. As they're looking in through the glass yeah. before they carry in their stuff and try to get a tip, yeah. right? It's so great. Uh, but it, it's also, man, it's so good. And like, you just realize like these kids are smart. These yeah. are smart kids and, uh, they're just in a rough situation. Um, oh, something interesting about this movie. Uh, I don't know exactly how to pronounce his middle name. Caleb Landry Jones. Oh uh, yeah, from Get Out who, as well. Who plays Willem Dafoe's son? I was, I yes, was, because I was looking at all the Oscar-nominated movies for that year, and I was like, he's in a lot. And yeah, he's in there's four. a third one. Oh, fourth one. He's in Get Out, three billboards. Three billboards. Because um, yes. he's the guy Amer- she buys the billboard from. Yeah. yeah. Um, American Made, which I don't know if it was that was very Oscar-nominated. That was the one with Tom Cruise. Oh, right. Great movie. Oh yeah, um, I heard that's really good, and I never saw it. Oh, it's great. Yeah, yeah. I heard it's, it's directed by like Doug Lyman or somebody I don't that. Remember. I don't know. Or the other guy who does uh, Caleb McQuarrie, uh, not Caleb, McQu- Christopher McQuarrie. One of those two. Okay, come okay. on. Yeah, I don't remember. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, definitely see it, though. It's great. And then this. So he's in four movies, but not only, like, just four random movies. He's in four really big movies. Yeah. 
and he's a great actor. So yeah, and in this, he's barely in it, and all it does is gives you a little bit of insight into Willem Dafoe. Yeah, yeah. and Actually, he's, he he does a really good job. There's more Amazon trivia about that. Uh, <laughs> they said the original script uh, intended for Willem Dafoe's Bobby to have a brother who runs the motel with him, and then as oh, they started filming, they decided. They wanted us. Uh, the theme of like parenting came through more strongly, and so they chose to give him a son. And then they cast Caleb Landry Jones two weeks before filming started. Oh wow! Because you have this like guy who's so great at this on the sly parenting with the kids, like he's not a parent, but like he does a lot of the parent parental jobs. And then you see that in his own life, he struggles with that stuff. Yeah. And that like his kid, his kid is just trying to kind of like. Give him an hour. Dad, I drove an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just trying to kind of give him those moments of, and it's it's interesting because it's not really played up, but it just no. adds to that realism of like this character lives and breathes and has other relations and stuff in life, but this is where all his focus yeah. is and all his. And so sorry. No, no. Like to me, this is exactly what the movie does best is. Um, these small moments uh, where the writing just shines and for me like I was able to see that more on multiple viewings yeah um, because there are just these these subtle moments where the writing is able to display like more their environment and the situation in um, very quick ways for uh, one example is the kids walking around the motel uh, they just meet Jancy and they're kind of showing around like oh this man lives in a uh, the man who lives here fought in some wars and he drinks beer. The guy, uh, this guy has a disease that makes his feet large. The man who lives in here gets arrested a lot. They're kind of just like funny, like one-offs, like these, uh-huh. these kids just walking around. Um, but then again, like it's, it's describing the situation that they're living in. Yep. Oh, they're living in um, a place where the police are involved and people are getting arrested a lot. Um, the disabled. Uh, veterans, alcoholics, mm-hmm. um, they're not in a good situation, but the writing, the writing is able to show that without having spent too much time. Yeah, and um, yeah. we've, I mean, you, you, you talk a lot of times about the exposition of things, mm-hmm. even in really good stuff, being clunky, mm-hmm. and I don't, you don't feel that here. Not at all. A lot of it is, as you said, multiple viewings of later realizing you were even getting exposition. Yeah. Because it just felt like these kids living their lives, and then on a later, you're like, oh yeah, they're really highlighting the hidden homeless here, and like these people, and what are, who are the types of people, but it never feels that way. Even knowing it now, it'll just be like this kind of brilliance of the subtlety when I yeah. see it again. Like, oh yeah, of course. Like that's what a, what an incredible way to show that off. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry I'm talking uh, forever Uh, another thing kind of along the same topic is uh, the film kind of goes out of its way to show um, its characters providing for like their most basic needs and how they do it and in what ways and for me one of the my favorite ways they did that uh, was with food uh, in this Um, any any scene where there's food like it it just it, it shows it, it, it tells me so much about the characters, um, like uh, Ashley having to give them food in the back of the restaurant, uh-huh. you know, asking uh, for money for ice cream, the church donation van coming, mm-hmm. um, sneaking into the buffet. Um, just great scenes that tell you more about the characters in such a simple way and an entertaining way. Yeah, even when, when Haley goes to, like, 
not get revenge, but just like show what's what's the friend's name? Ashley. That Ashley that she's mad. Mm-hmm. So they show up like Mooney, order whatever you want. Like no, I want her to wait yeah, on me. Yeah. You know, and uh, another scene with food, but another such a well written scene and. Haley kind of this is the only way for her to like get back at her I mean obviously she gets back at her <laughs> other ways later mm-hmm. um, in more violent ways but what a great scene that is because it's like funny but it's also really sad because mm-hmm. it's the end of that friendship as it was and it was so important to them in this in this community this hotel yeah. community yeah. yeah and the last thing I, I kind of want to say is is about Haley and I guess a lot of these characters is they're both the protagonist and the antagonist of the movie. You love them and you want them to be okay, but you hate them because of the decisions they're making. Yeah. Um, and for me, a lot of... Any good movie is centered around like empathy. Like, Can I empathize with these characters, even if I can't relate to them? Um, and that's what hit me so strongly with this movie, is just putting myself in these characters' shoes and being okay in understanding the decisions they were making yeah um where it's like all right you made the terrible decision to steal these uh disney world tickets from this guy and you're making these terrible decisions to um you know provide for your child um and you can see that she loves her child and she is trying to care for her but when you actually get money, then you go on a shopping spree at the dollar store and spend a lot of money at a diner when you can't make rent. And it's so frustrating. You're like, what are you doing? Um, But it's for me, it just goes to show uh, it it helps me empathize with these characters. And it helps me when I put myself in their shoes, um, I can understand these important rough themes and topics like poverty yeah. and education and housing and how important all of these things are and what happens when they're absent. Um, and that's, that's the, that's the thing that makes this movie for me yeah. is it's so enchanting, so well done. Cinematography is amazing. The acting is incredible, but it hits on these important things that like really had an impact on me. So yeah. Empathy is a, an important Thing I think we learn a lot from pop culture. This is something that, you know, like people say the hill I'll die on or whatever, but that I talk a lot about, that I really do think positive qualities that I hope I have. I think some of those have come from growing up in a family um, that encouraged us to uh, consume pop culture. And that seems maybe kind of backwards to some people. We're like, well, no. Like, you can't, you have to shelter a little bit. Like, and, and I get that. And we were sheltered in some ways, too. Like, don't get me wrong. But we were always encouraged to, like, seek out entertainment that was not just entertaining, but also fulfilling. And this is the type of movie that you are, you, one would gravitate to, like the people in this room and Eric who left. Um, and many of you out there listening, the type of movie you gravitate to when it's not just about that, it's about learning some of these other things and knowing that like we don't have all the information, knowing that we're never gonna fully understand every situation and every person, even by the time we die, but building up experiences like this, getting to watch something like this and understand something like this will help us move toward being better people. I, I've asked myself lots of times why I like Haley so much, because she does so many stupid things and obviously, 
it is implied that some of her choices have led to this. I'm not saying, oh, why did Haley make bad choices? Mm-hmm. But the implication is that she doesn't always make the right decisions. And yet the movie has such empathy for her without ever letting her off the hook. Yeah, That's yeah. difficult to do. This movie walks so many lines. And you see, I, I've seen it fall apart in other movies. Somehow Sean Baker juggles it all in a way that like is moving and ultimately um, instructive, but not in a way that feels like homework. Yeah. Like sometimes documentaries can feel that way. And I like documentaries. They can feel more homework-like. Yeah. But here you have something like this and something like Boyhood that stretch the limits of what uh, a fictional movie can do. But still, I think, I think there's joy here and I think there's, you know, it, it never feels like, oh, I'm watching this just to be a better person. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, this is enchanting <laughs> and yet instructive. Yeah. Jenny, you want to add anything? Thanks, Marcus. Yeah. Um, I, that's one thing that I loved about the movie is um, I feel through Willem Dafoe's character and his performance and from, like, the child's perspective, I was able to feel a lot of empathy and kind of, like, get where they're coming from and have a different perspective on, um, like, the way that they live because, obviously, I'm more privileged in some ways than them and so to see... Um, a situation like that and have and be able to feel that empathy for them and actually like care about them even though they're like fictional uh, fictional characters but like that's a reality for a lot of people Um, I thought that was great Um, but I I just love this movie it just just feels so natural Um, I think it's one of Willem Dafoe's best yeah yeah yeah, I think he's I feel like that's just like him as a person like if you were to meet Willem Dafoe he'd probably just be like I love you Willem <laughs> I love you too <laughs> love you too random citizen <laughs> um, but uh, one thing that I that was that I I really liked was the children swearing <laughs> and how they uh-huh. use those swear words because <laughs> it's like they know these words because they hear them all the time but they're not necessarily using them correctly. They just know they're bad words, uh-huh. and so they say them. Yeah. And that's <laughs> and that's something that's what I liked, um, like about the the children's acting and they just their kids. It's part of their like nature nurture. They just kind of grew up like that. But I and I like I like watching it like. The multiple times and uh, seeing what like these like the subtleties and then later on you're like oh okay yeah um like the like when they take uh, Lancy is that Jancy 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 uh, Scooty take... Mooney they all have the <laughs> e at the end and Dicky yeah. right isn't Dicky the one who goes early but when when they're just like showing her around and they were like oh yeah this guy gets hurt a lot like like at first you're like oh yeah that's that's funny there but then like you realize, oh dang, like these guys have it really rough. Yeah. Um, but like from a child's persu- perspective, they don't, they don't really know any different, and so you're kind of, you're kind of along with them. A lot of poignancy in that. Yeah. Um, but I love this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Before Jake finishes us off. The, we didn't even mention the scene where Dickie and his family leave, oh, yeah. which is also a really good scene as someone's moving on up. At least that's the implication I always get that they are finally they're like free of that yeah. Yeah. that place, 
And it's like, yeah, you can keep your toys. We're going to get new toys, you know. And it's a sad moment. And then they just move on, right? And they're just gone. But you get to see the one family, like, that's the hope, right? That you yeah. eventually move out mm-hmm. of there. That you get to go have a real life somewhere. I think they're going to live with They're going somebody, to live right? in New Orleans. Oh, yeah. No. Remember? I don't Thank know. You. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is. Um, and that, another subtle thing of, like, well, here's one family who was able to escape the cycle. At least that's how I read it. Um, that I just like. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. You well, wanna, cool. You wanna close out for us? Yeah. Gosh, uh, I did mean to mention at the beginning. I think this is a. I mean, it's sad and complicated and dark, but I do think this is a great summer movie overall. So I, I'm happy I got to watch it on in July now. I guess right that it's <laughs> just because it's. Uh, I think even though uh, the childhoods of these kids are so different from probably all of us here, I'm guessing, uh, it still captures that kind of magic and wonder of going out to play with friends until uh you know it's time to go home or whatever or so you burn down a condo. and or until that yeah um so <laughs> great summer movie and a uh, great empathy movie as we've said you know I, I imagine if someone had happened upon uh what's happening in the the final gut punch scene you know and uh how probably so many of us would be quick to judge a situation like that just happening upon it like there's the trashy motel and of course child services are there and taking someone away from an unfit parent and I think this movie is just a great example of how you can take something like that that you would normally judge and uh, paint it in a way where you feel for these people and can understand why why it's happening but wishing that there was a better way and so yeah. anyway there's a vitality to the movie that is very difficult to capture um, and man if anybody out there is thinking like I should watch this Man, we'd love to hear if you watched it, and even if you didn't like it, um, we'd love to hear via any social media or if you know us and you want to, you know, text us or whatever. If you have, like, a couple hours to spare, you can, like, yeah. talk to us about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we've got, wait, okay, Twitter, no Jake because he's a better person, <laughs> but at Rogotours and at CDurham99, at I think Marinos Marcus. Or is it Marcus Marinos? I'm at Marcus Marinos. Straight up, at Marcus Marinos. <laughs> And at Marvin Starburst, yeah. right? Um, feel free to include any of us. I think that's okay, right, guys? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Feel free to include any of us and, and tell us your experiences, even if you've already seen it, with The Florida Project, because it is kind of, I shouldn't say kind of, it is a magical movie um, that, that I think we can close by saying it's a masterpiece. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. This all started with a tweet. Right? Yeah, that's it why, that's oh why uh, Marcus and Channing are here, because they were responding to... Um, well, I forget. I, I, when I, I watched it a couple about. weeks ago, and I tweeted about it, and then we all just kind of started You just tweeted about it, about it right? Yeah. yeah. And I was like, we should do a roundtable. Because yeah. it was, uh, I, I know I shouldn't go too long here, we're at an hour and a half, but the Almost Famous roundtable that we did is one of my favorite things that we did, just because it was like shooting the breeze about, like you said, if you have a couple hours to talk about the movie, let's Literally, do it. Yeah. <laughs> and so knowing that other people like felt some of that spark watching, I was like, oh, we got to gather yeah. and, and capture some of this, because it, it's... That, that's how good the movie is. So, yeah. thanks a lot for staying with us. Yeah, thanks. <laughs>